Hey mamas, it's Danielle and we're back with another episode of Go Ahead Mama. As always, we are still waiting to hear how Kate's doing with all of the awesomeness of having baby number two. She will be back soon. Um, but in the meantime, I'm getting to have such amazing conversations with friends and people that I love and respect and admire. And today is no different. I get to talk with my friend first and then became cousin through marriage. I've married well. Um, I am here today with my cousin, Adrian. Hey, Adrian. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> no worries. But before we talk to Adrian, like she's just my cousin slash homegirl, Adrian is actually Captain Adrian Smith. She is a signal officer in the United States Army. Her current job is with Battalion S6. And that's the equivalent of being a chief information officer. And she's currently stationed in Korea. And basically, she's a rock star and a badass. And I'm just so excited to have her on today. So now that we've got all the formalities out and everybody's all nervous about you being so important, Adrian, <laughs> how are you doing? How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. There's so much we want to talk about today, Adrian, because, you know, one you found out I had the podcast and I was like, how did I tell you how to podcast? But then we started chatting over text and it's like, Adrian, you are doing something so unique as a mother. Um, I just wanted to give you the space to like talk about what it's, what your experience has been like being in the, in the army, you know, protecting the United States and simultaneously having the responsibility of parenthood and motherhood. And I think it's something that so many of your colleagues experience. So I'd love to just kind of like chat with you more about that. But before we get into that heavy stuff, um, question I ask all of the people I interview, did you choose motherhood or did motherhood choose you? Ooh, <laughs> um, I would say I chose motherhood. Um, I, I wanted to be a mother. I didn't, at the time when I found out I was having a baby, I didn't know it was like a, it was a surprise because actually my unit was getting ready to deploy. And um, I found out while they were doing the testing, they actually test us all before we go on our deployments to make sure we're not pregnant. So they mm. can send us. And then they're like, oh, wait, you got to stand to the side. <laughs> Is that <laughs> you how you found go. out? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I found out. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was surprised, but I was excited. That is awesome. I can't believe it was like, <laughs> most people are like, oh, I checked a couple pregnancy tests. You're like, oh, I'm about to get deployed. Um, and that's how I found out I was pregnant. Oh my gosh. I told you guys she was badass. Here we go. Here we go. Um, what, uh, tell us a little bit more about what it was like after that. How did that, you know, what was your experience? Like, I mean, for most of the people that we talk to on this show, you know, they're doing things that are on a day-to-day -day basis of, you know, what one would think of a typical job, but you were about to be deployed. Um, mm -hmm. What was that reality like for you? You know, what changed after you found out, if anything? Well, well um, I'm so used to doing everything and working really hard and, you know, taking on extra stuff that I don't have to do. So, of course, when everyone found out I was having a baby, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, they have to treat me like I'm fragile. And they're like, you can't do this. You need to get off of work at this time. You can't do all this extra stuff. They put uh, a different uniform on me. So it's clear that I'm having a baby. So, and you know, I would still try to stay at work late and my boss would come in there like, nope, nope, you need to leave. So it's kind of frustrating because I was like, I can still do it all. I'm not, you know, 
damaged from just having a baby. <laughs> did did you that's an interesting word choice. Did you feel damaged? Did you feel like damaged goods? Uh it was it was a different feeling. Like it wasn't like, you know, most people are like, oh I'm pregnant, I'm so exciting. And for me it felt like it was um like I couldn't do my job anymore and I didn't feel like I was contributing to the mission. So, I, you know, it was just really hard because it was a challenge because, I, yes, I want to make sure that my baby's OK, but I feel really horrible by having my comrades pick up the extra pieces for me. I mean, uh, and I want to I want all of our listeners to know that I'm I'm particularly sensitive about this because there's so much um so much respect goes to them, to our, you know, our military, our protectorates, but there's also so much, um, there's, there's often controversy about like, what's, what, you know, uh, just controversy in, in just how the military is run. And I'm curious, did you feel like in your experience that was a norm or, or did you feel unique in that you had that positive of, an experience as a pregnant woman where people were essentially trying to pander to you and, and ensure that you were, cared for i feel like it's it's a force norm now through probably uh years of policy and mistakes but now they make sure that they do everything they can to take care of service members while they are pregnant so that no damage is done to the child and Mm. the service member um we do we get something called a profile and what it is is it's a list of restrictions of what we can and can't do so immediately you know, I, I couldn't work around the vehicles anymore because they don't want me to breathe in the exhaust that comes off the military vehicles or they restrict your work day. You can only work eight hours, no more. Like and your boss actually gets in trouble if your profile is violated. So mm. they do um, they do have actual policy procedures in place to protect pregnant service members. Being someone that is in the army and, you know, in in this realm of defending the United States and protecting its values and protecting its safety, I'm sure there are things that you see or have seen or have colleagues that have seen. How does that affect, or if at all, I don't want to project here, um, has it affected the way you view the world? And in, in more specifically, now that you're a mom, how does how has that altered your view on the world? Um, it's really scary. I've been in countries where they don't have the same luxuries as we do in America and the people aren't treated the same. Um, So I'm very grateful that I live where I live and my child is able to get the best that she can get. And she's not in a struggle that we can't help due to, you know, the regime or policies or anything like that. Um, It's very scary because I'm always, uh, (laughs) I am a hover mom, so I'm always looking around like, what's going on? What's this? I don't want to, you know, watching the news. I don't want to be a loud crowd of large crowds. I don't want her to get hurt for, you know, an attack or something that comes out of nowhere. So that 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 thought scares me. And I think uh, I just have that. Now it's heightened. Before, you know, I didn't mind being in danger, but now I don't want her to get hurt. So I'm very my Oh, I don't know how to phrase this, but yeah, my fears are heightened now. And is before. it because it's interesting that you've been um, tell to, to remind us how long you have been in in the army now? 
So I've been in for 18 years. I joined in um, May of 1999 while I was still in high school. Wow. Wow. So 18 years you've been in, in, in the army and mm-hmm. only now that you have a daughter, a child, um, is when you started to feel like that heightened and, you know, that heightened fear. And I find that interesting because me, some people aren't built to do what you do. Like, I think I'd be afraid from day one, right? Like I'm just a nervous person, <laughs> but I'm curious, like, can you talk a little bit through, like, what do you feel actually changed? Did anything change? Has the world gotten any scarier? Or is it just the fact now you have a little person to protect? I think the world is the same. I just think now I have to protect somebody. So I'm more fearful of something happening to her that I can't control. And speaking of your little person, um, Addison is, you know, amazing and energetic and just just, I mean, I know for a fact as family, the light of not only your world, but your parents' world and your siblings' world. Like I see all the pictures and I just see how excited they are um, about her and about you and her. And I'm curious, you know, this is this definitely a hard topic, but when I wanted us to get into the idea that you are away from her and that is the reality of your your work and your part in defending you know, and protecting the United States, you are away from her at the moment. Can you talk to us a little bit more about that? Well, that's hard because she's like my best friend. So, you know, we hang out every day. (sighs) It's just hard. I just pray that she's okay because I can't hover and protect her like I want to. I'm just praying that, you know, she's okay and she gets everything she needs until I can see her again. I am such a sack of emotions, Adrian. <laughs> and I know, <laughs> I know that it's, um, I don't want to push it too hard because I know that it's, it's right for you, but I'm, you know, what, what has been your thought process in preparing for the time that you'll be away from Addison? Just, I can take this time to focus on making myself a better person for her, uh, financially, um, physically and through personal career goals I can um, buckle down now do everything I need to do so when I come back you know her future is secure what things did you put in place so that she you know you say that you know that she's okay and I think before I ask this question uh, can you speak a little bit more about like what the the care structure you've put in place for her it looks like so um, she's staying with her father for six months um he's military too so then she's going to stay with my parents for the last six months and um I've already got her enrolled in all her schools and you know when I um, brought her to my parents house I made sure she had a dentist a doctor you went to the school so I was like I'm the mom (laughs) here's my email address I'm gonna be calling you every week Mm. (laughs) and um just, you know, making sure she uh, she came with me so she she's comfortable. And then I, I talk to her often so that she she knows she's like, mommy's going to Korea and I'm going to stay with daddy. And then my Nana's and my pop pop. <laughs> and, and then mommy's coming back and going to come get me and take me to Disney World. So I gave her like a big she she knows that she's going to Disney World. So she's really excited about that. So I hope that kind of helps out with the separation. And, and now um we're lucky today because we have, you know, Skype and FaceTime and um, I can call her twice a day or all day and see her. Uh, when when I first had her and I moved from Germany to uh, Georgia, 
her dad couldn't come with us. And we, um, Addison was only seven months and we FaceTimed him every day, twice a day. And then when he showed up, it, it was like, they didn't skip a beat. Mm. And she was like, daddy, daddy. So I was really surprised that FaceTime was able to keep that connection. Do you, oh gosh, like I am, I'm just, I'm just so in awe of you, Adrian. Like just, that that's just the, the first thing that kind of comes. That's the first emotion that I feel as I talk with you, because there's a level of resolve and a level of, um, just steadfastness and, and stability that I, I can hear in your tone. And I wonder if that's something that you've developed in the course of being military for all these years. Is that a portion of why this is, I know it is hard, but you almost, it it's almost how you're managing it so well. Is that part of it? Maybe? I don't know. Um, I think so. I'm, uh, I'm always busy. So, uh, <laughs> I think, and I like to plan. So I think giving myself a lot of tasks and goals will keep me a little distracted. Yeah. And, and then I planned everything out. So, you know, I can stay on task. So that's just me. Uh, it's, I know people are like annoyed with it. Like when we go on trips, I write itinerary itineraries out. <laughs> that's that's just the person I am. So. You have to keep it organized. <laughs> yeah. So so is would you say that the the distance is the hardest part of being um a mother in the military in the U.S. Army? Is that would that be the hardest thing, or what would be the hardest thing for you? It's that, and it's just, um, we work really long hours. My last job, I had to be at work every day at 4.45, and um, I didn't get off until like 6, 7 o'clock at night, and that was Monday through Friday, mm. and sometimes I had to come in on Saturdays, and she was with me. She would be outside on the on the PT field with me <laughs> at 4.45 in the morning until the daycare opened at 5.15, and I would drop her off at the daycare. So wow. she can just sleep a little bit. And then um, when uh, when I first had her, I went to the daycare every single day uh, at lunchtime. But as she got older, um, she would kind of she would go crazy when I left at lunch. Oh, so then yeah. I, had to, I had to stop doing that. But I would still poke my head in and watch her to see if she's OK. I always think that, you know, the amazing thing about mothers and, and, and fathers as well, but this is a show about moms. Um, the amazing thing about mothers and the strength that I see in the women and that I interview and that we just know, right. Though even the ones that we don't interview is that there's, there's this level of sacrifice that almost is innate and just it's, it's ingrained in them. And I wonder, I know for, for my mom, that was, you know, very different circumstances, but you end up learning a lot from your mom. And I know, you know, I know your mom too, and I know that you've learned a lot from her. I'm curious, what do you want Addison to take away from these experiences that she's seeing you experience? Hmm. I just want her to know that I did, I'm doing everything I can to, to give her the best. However, however that has become, that's, she's my priority and all my decisions are to make sure that she gets the best in life. I'm, I'm paused because I'm just, I'm trying, I'm trying not to be emotional. I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe you're leaving us, Adrian, come back. Um, but so, okay. So you've got, you've, you've got her, you know, you've got her all set up for the year. Um, or, you know, 
interestingly enough, we spend a lot of time on this show telling other women and, in, and other women telling us to take time for ourselves. And usually that's not, you know, more like I'm still being encouraged to take like a couple of day trips away from the girls or things like that. And you are taking a significant amount of time away and it is in no way leisurely. Um, but how have you incorporated time for yourself if you know that you're going to have this extensive time away from her or, or have you not like, I guess I'm curious what you, what that looks like for you having a different dynamic than the people we normally talk to. Um, so, you know, when, before I knew I was going, I would try to do stuff every once in a while. Of course, you know, if she was asleep, maybe I would go to, I would go out with some friends to, you know, out to eat or something or take a trip, you know, once a year. And she would stay with her father uh, for a couple of days. But um, now I just spend all my time with her. Yeah. <laughs> she's in school now. So when she gets off, I'm, I'm going to pick her up. And, you know, she's like, Mommy, stop hugging me. Put me down. Oh. I'm a bad girl. Oh, <laughs> oh but, you know, yeah. <laughs> but she, I don't think she knows. And not, and um, so I'm spending all my time with her now. And then when I'm on, when I go to Korea, then I'll take that time to myself. <laughs> Yeah. And I guess, you know, what it, this, that's an interesting too, thing too, is like, you will be working really hard when you're there, but you talk, you talk about things that you want to come back a better person. What, what are some of those things that you're hoping that Adrian will be when she returns a year from now? Well, healthy. Yeah. Are you trying to get your fitness? <laughs> I am because, you know, it is hard when you're working long hours. It's hard to do the meal prepping and everything. So hopefully I'm, uh, I hope I can learn how to meal prep and get a nice system and eat better and cook better meals. So when I come back, I can incorporate that into our daily routine yeah. and have a better system. That also, I have some career goals I'm working on. Um, I just finished my master's degree. So now I'm trying to work on some um, IT certification and it takes a lot of studying. So that's um, something I'm going to do over there. I want to, no, go ahead. Oh, um, I'm going to be retiring soon. So I just want to make sure that all that stuff is done so that when I come back from Korea, I can start looking for jobs so I can get out the army. Even for all the things that you are, you know, that you're, that you're doing on a daily basis and that you're about to kind of get yourself through once you get through that year, you know, do you feel that, I feel like you have done something by being in military for 18 years and then having a baby too. I'm wondering how would you define Adrian as the person? Because I feel like so much of you, so much of, so much of what I know of you is hilarious and funny and, and, warm spirited, but there's also so much of you that's the military, you know? And then I mm -hmm. think motherhood kind of puts another title on people. But if you were to shake those titles, what would you, what would you define Adrian as at the end of the day? Ooh, see, and I was just thinking about this and this is something I wanted to work on too in Korea because I was like, I've been in the army since I was 17 and, and all I do is work, 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 school, work, work. I don't have any hobbies. And so that's, something I would like to do because um and you know I just need something else it's the army's not forever so I don't I need to learn what I like to do mm. because I've been I've been so used to serving other people and now I'm serving my child and it's just everybody else I, but I don't know what I like that is huge, Adrian, because I think that's the mm -hmm. thing that people experience as just as mothers. Right. But I, and that's why I likened it to your your service in the army, because it does feel like your life 
since you were 17 has been serving others. So I'm curious now, I'm going to put you on the spot. Like if there was one thing you could do, that's just crazy. What would it be? Um, <laughs> what would it be? Like, I, yeah. I, I, have so big, much, Adrian. <laughs> uh, I have so many ideas. <laughs> Oh, uh, you know, I would have like 8,000 jobs if I could, because there's so much, so many things. So I, I used to be a nurse and now I work with computers, but I would like to be an event planner and plan uh, weddings and parties. And yes. Conventions. There you go. And, <laughs> uh, I would like to also be a bartender or a barista, which is <laughs> just for fun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I also uh, would like to be a history tour guide, too. So I. Really? I know when like when Addison moves out of the house. I love <laughs> I it when Addison moves Addison Addison's like <laughs> isn't she like four? <laughs> She's four. And uh <laughs> when she graduates high school in in twenty thirty one. I know I just thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna need you to implement uh, a will, little bit of this beforehand. <laughs> I will be that lady with the umbrella that takes people on tours around somewhere. Oh. But that's <laughs> that's <laughs> But I think, you know, one of the things that would be really cool to have you share a little bit more about, because retirement is coming soon, but you've also had 18 years in the in-service. And I'm just curious, what what tips would you have for other women that are either already in in the line of service or that are thinking about entering? What would you share about your experience as a woman, as a mother? Any insight from there would be great. Okay, so the first thing is um, things change. You're not just available like you were before. Um, you know, I could get up at four in the morning and go to work with no issues. Now they, I have to take in consideration where I'm going to have Addison. So I would encourage service members to have a really good plan because um, while I know emergencies come up, it's just not acceptable for you to constantly have excuses for why you can't do things due to childcare issues. And it, and it really looks um, unfavorable on us, you know, even though you have emergencies. So I would definitely have a plan. No, um, have a, a backup person and a, a backup to that person. And, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> talk like about four this. Backups. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about this with your supervisor. Say, I, this is my plan so that they know, you know, if, if you have an emergency, you absolutely can't find anybody to watch it. They're like, well, you know, this person has made all these concessions to make sure their child is taken care of. And I know they're not, you know, I, I hate to say being lazy, but they just view us unfavorable if you're always um, out for some reasons and you don't have a plan. Right, right. Um, any other tips? Because I feel like the the thing is, again, being outside of the military, mm-hmm. it's really interesting because it's like, wow, that sounds harsh. But that's the reality of the world that you work in. Yeah, it is. And it's just. Uh, and then the other thing is getting back in shape uh, right after you have your baby. You have six months to take an army physical fitness test. Um, me, in my case, uh, I had a C-section, so I wasn't able to work out for two months. So that ate into the, the six month time limit. But, um, you know, I just communicated, like I said, communication, really. If you communicate with your supervisors and your leadership and let them know what the situation is, you're okay. But it's, you know, if you just wait till that six months and you're like, oh, I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's when you have problems. And this is in every, in everything. It's not just the army. This is in everything. Communication up and down is what kind of helps you out. So, um, 
with that, like I wasn't able to meet that six month deadline because I just I had no core. I couldn't do a put. I couldn't do one push up. I mean, so. to be fair, I can't do one push up right now. <laughs> but yes, yeah. I see your point. But after. Uh, <laughs> I went to the doctor and I let her know. I was like, I can't do it. And she extended my profile. I talked to my boss. I said, I just need some extra time, please. Like an extra month. And my boss worked with me and, you know, I got, uh, I was in the gym every day doing push-ups, sit up and trying to do that two mile run. And I didn't score really high on my first PT test, but I passed it. You're right. So, right. Yeah. Um, this, you know, this communication and, and, and leadership component. I wonder, you know, just it just seems so transferable into other parts, like you were saying, that identifying what your needs are and, and addressing the expectations of others, I think is something that moms across the board can learn from because mm-hmm. it's it's sometimes the belief that you can do it and then realizing too far late that you can't. It's right. you know, ends up being a problem. Do you, I mean, have you felt like, how have you been able to decipher what your real expect, what the expectations are for, um, just, just being quite honest, a male dominated, uh, industry that doesn't necessarily fully understand the, the, the experience of a woman and childbirth. How have you been able to communicate to them that this is not an excuse. This is actually real life. And these are my real limitations. Cause I would struggle with that. And I'm not sure if you have any insight on that matter. Um, so yes. So yes, that's, um, I do. I talk to my leaders first. Um, but when I get a new supervisor, I, I have my plan already ready. And usually uh, when you meet them, they want to do an initial counseling on you and, and tell you their goals and expectations. When I go to that counseling session, I already have my child care plan and, you know, I show uh, like my past evaluations, which are good, and my past PT tests, which now I'm able to um, max them so, so that they know like what type of person they're dealing with. And, and I already have something lined up. So and they know I'm going to work hard. So when I had to have an emergency, I've never had an issue with them. They're like, oh, do what you need to do. Yeah, because you were proactive with the thinking. Right. I am, I guess the the reason why I'm pausing a bit, Adrian, is that that is something that I, I think it's, it's almost like knowing that you're not making an excuse because we come from different professional worlds, but before children, it was easy for us, like you were saying, to get up really early or for me to run myself to the bone because there was no one else that I was responsible for. And, mm-hmm. you know, really just kind of, coming to terms with the fact that that's not who I am anymore. There are new responsibilities and there are new expectations. And I think most importantly, limitations, something that I didn't have before was limitations. I could just go, go, go until my body said no more. Um, But now it's like figuring out if those limitations are real. Like, is it something I need to be talking to my leadership about? Or is it, I'm not working hard enough. Have you ever felt that disconnect yes which is why i kind of work hard harder i feel so that they they don't try to use that as a negative i feel like i have to work extra hard just in all other aspects right that you know the fact that i'm a single mother is not a problem yeah and i mean we didn't even we haven't even broached on the fact that you're managing addison as a single mom um 
because that just adds a whole new layer of complexity into the dialogue. Um, but I mean, if you, is there anything you'd like to speak on with regard to that experience as a single mom managing, um, you know, a single mom in the military managing all of this, like, you know, do you ever just want to scream? Yeah, of course. (laughs) It's, it's overwhelming at times. Um, but I've had, I have a good network of friends and support here, and um, we were able to, we help each other out at this at this duty station I've been at, and also her father too. Um, he's been very supportive. He's actually he actually lives up the street from me, so it works out, you know. <laughs> and um, we just all kind of rely on each other. If they they need something with their kids and they aren't able to leave work, then I and I can I'll go help out and vice versa. Like we just, I just wanted to like have this conversation and chat with you about what it, you know, just, just giving us a bit more detail into like what it was like being in that experience. And I know that you're, you're off, you know, to Korea for the year and you know, we're we're here if you want to like check in and be like, Hey, I'm doing well. And this is what's going on. But I just want to say thank you for everything that you do, because as a family member, you're awesome. But I mean, just as a service member, you're even 10 times more awesome. And I know that this is weird because you're like on a radio, but I just want to make sure that everyone knows that I think you are the best thing since sliced bread. And we're so, you you know, our team over here is so encouraged and motivated by you and we cannot wait till you get back. Um, But know that Addison is in good hands you know, and you have done everything. You've got your checklist. I know your checklist is the baddest thing. <laughs> like Adrian's checklist is probably making everybody else's check- checklist go to sleep. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, it is, it is, um, you are a great example of like how to build a team and build a network and really live your dreams. Cause I think that's the other thing that a lot of the moms that are listening and that I myself struggle with is how do you live your dreams and still maintain, you know, the, the, the relationship to your child. And I, I guess that's something that I'd like to wrap up this call with is like, you, you are living, you know, you're, you're living proof of being able to do something very brave and still feel connected to your, you know, your child. And as much as this is not a, you know, not your choice and definitely not a first choice, do you feel like, I mean, you must feel like this is the right decision. And I guess, how have you developed that bravery to kind of say it's it's not ideal, but it's what's right for me. It's what's right for her. And I'm going to do this. Um, because I, I just feel the payoff in the end will be great. So uh, I'm just able to do uh, everything I can now to just make sure that, you know, she gets everything she needs in the future. Yeah. Oh, Adrian, you're a rock star. You are totally a you, rock star. You make me sound great. I just really feel like I just get up and go to work. <laughs> yeah, but your job is your job is not interviewing other awesome moms. Your job is protecting our country. You know, like that is that is huge, and I respect you. And um, you know, it never. I'm sure it gets old, but maybe it doesn't. But you know, I thank you for your service and. Um, we will check in. How about this? We'll we'll put a pin in it here and check in on with you at some point while you while you're in Korea, if that's possible. Sure. No oh, problem. 
We love you, Adrian. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Love you too, guys. Hey, Mamas. Did you like the show? We hope you did. And if you did, please go to Apple Podcasts right now and give us a five-star review. And give us a like on Facebook or follow us on Twitter, all at Go Ahead Mama. Check out our website, www.goheadmama.com, for all the things that we're thinking in our head but haven't said in our podcast. And if there's anything that we can be doing better or topics that you'd like to hear, give us an email at letstalkmamacita at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear from you, mamas. Love yourself.